welcome to Beauty Island, the podcast that celebrates life and lipstick. I'm your host, beauty journalist Brittany Stewart, and each episode I sit down with a guest to find out about their life, career, and the eight Desert Island beauty products that have a special memory or meaning for them. This week, it was my pleasure to sit down with Chev Kelly, global makeup artist for Napoleon Purdis. I love her. We first met about three and a half years ago when I was working as a beauty writer at Mamma Mia!, She's the kind of person that instantly makes you feel comfortable and at ease. She's bright, bubbly, chatty, and of course, extremely talented at what she does. Chef is kind of a jack of all trades. A makeup artist, yes, but also an educator, presenter, and PR whiz. She's worked at Napoleon Purdis for well over a decade, working her way up from the stores to her current role as global makeup artist. We talked about how she got her big break, working at International Fashion Weeks, what it's like to do the makeup of celebrities like Usher, and she shares a hilarious story about this, her thoughts on Instagram makeup, self-taught versus makeup school, having a product named after her, and a whole lot more. She's got some great makeup tips too, including the secret to a perfect red lip, and her recommendations have never, ever let me down. And of course, given Chef works for Napoleon Purdis and has lived and breathed the brand for more than 10 years, there are a couple of Napoleon Purdis products that she talks about. But as always, this is not sponsored or advertised, just genuine recommendations and stories of the memories behind special products. I hope you enjoy. Chev, welcome. Am I allowed to call you like professionally Chev? Yes, you can call me Chev. Excellent. Chef, I'm so excited to chat to you. We've known each other for a few years. Yes, I'm so excited to be with you. You are a very talented woman. Oh, you flatter me. (laughs) We can can finish the podcast there. Yes. (laughs) Um, So you are the global makeup artist at Napoleon Purdis. And you've been at Napoleon Purdis for, according to your LinkedIn, 14 and a half years. Yes, I did a course um, at the Napoleon Purdis Academy and I loved it. And then I just got a job in the retail store. So I was working my little tush off, um, serving customers and making them feel hot. And then um, I got a promotion two years later and now I get to do cool stuff like fashion shows and photo shoots and um, write articles and YouTube. So lots of creative makeup artisty types of tasks, which is so much fun for me. And what's your first beauty memory? Were you always obsessed with beauty growing up? Well, I think I wanted to be a model, which is so embarrassing. But um, because I used to just think it was so glamorous and see like models in George Michael music videos, like too funky and freedom and just be like, I want to be Linda Evangelista. They're so perfect in every way. But with that interest, I kind of would buy magazines and start to get um, a bit of an eye for the makeup and the design and the hair. And I kind of changed my tune and started to want to be a makeup artist instead. And I don't think I would have made it in the modeling industry, let's be honest. No, I reckon you had a shot. (laughs) And you grew up in Torquay, is that right? Yes. So Torquay, um, if those who are listening are not aware of it it's a surfy town and if you don't surf there's absolutely nothing to do um and if you wear mascara it's like your priscilla queen of the desert like crazy lady so um i moved from Torquay to melbourne because there's really not a lot happening um and melbourne's where it's at so obviously this is beauty island 
And you're going to talk us also, as well as sharing your incredible stories, talk us through the eight beauty products that have a special meaning for you. So the first product on your list is the first beauty product you ever bought, which I believe is a Kmart palette. Can you tell me a bit about that? Oh, yes. I remember it like it was yesterday. So Kmart had a $3 sale on eyeshadow palettes and um, they had one that was very 90s. And it was silvers and glitters and frosty colors. It cost $3. There was about 10 in it. And I remember trying to apply it to my eyes and basically no color came out. But crumble, yes, it did. So there was tons of mess underneath my eye, but no actual color stayed on my eyelid. And then I decided I'd just like leave it in my room so it looked cool and pretty. Um, but three dollars for for a lot of eyeshadows, um, you're not really going to get a supermodel type of look with that investment. Quantity over quality, shall we yes. say? Yes, yes. <laughs> and so you said growing up you wanted to be a model, and then your interest shifted to more of the makeup. Yeah. How did you turn that into your career? What? How did you get your start? Well, I. I really thought about the steps it would take to get to my dream job. So my dream job was doing the supermodels that I would see in the George Michael um, music videos. So I was thinking, okay, so you kind of need to be famous. You need to know fashion people. You need to work your butt off. You need to wear cool clothes. You need to meet people and network and I just kind of worked from there on and have continued to follow those same kind of steps. So I'm always networking. I'm always um, on social media. I'm always trying to learn new things to really stay in the know and really in the makeup industry, knowing the right people helps your career immensely. So it's um, it's definitely like a, a nonstop hardworking job to kind of have but it's also really rewarding as well what was your first job in the beauty industry oh I've had lots of like little random jobs when I was young but they weren't that cool um (laughs) so oh okay I've just remembered it so it was for the premiere of the movie Inspector Gadget cringe already I remember watching that movie yeah and the the local cinema had a runway for Inspector Gadget it makes absolutely no (laughs) sense so someone thought it was a good idea yes so I did the makeup for the runway of that and I'm sure I went over over the top with like color and sparkle and glitter because I was just excited to get a job of course I didn't get paid it was just the glory of doing an Inspector Gadget fashion show before the movie started. And everyone watching the movie was like, what the hell is happening? We just came to watch Inspector Gadget and eat a chalk top. So, but I remember the thrill of watching the show and taking um, pictures with my crappy old camera and just thinking, oh my God, this is my dream come true. So that kind of started it off for me. And how old would you have been at that point? Oh my God. Teens. Teenage. I'm sure they had the Kmart palette on their eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Making, making big bucks back in the day at the uh, ice creamery. That's for sure. Did you do a proper makeup training course or was it all self-taught? Yeah, I did. um, I did two years of beauty therapy basically to please my mum and to shut her up. 
So after high school, you know, when parents are like, you need to know exactly what you're doing to make me proud. I was like, "Mm, ah, beauty therapy. So I did that for two years and I hated a lot of it. Um, But I learned about skin and nails, which is really, really beneficial. And then I did a year course at Napoleon Purtis. And I guess back in the day, there wasn't like YouTube didn't exist. So I didn't really um, teach myself via social media, but I did practice on my friends a lot and buy lots of fashion magazines and watch music videos, um, which were always really inspiring to me. But um, I think there's a lot to be said for the self-taught makeup artist versus somebody that's actually being taught in a school. Because a lot of the time with a self-taught makeup artist, there's a certain look, like an Instagram look that we call it, that a small percentage of clients want. But in the fashion world, that's nothing that they want. So nothing against people that learn from YouTube because there's some beautiful, amazing artists out there. But I think you kind of need to have a bit of a balance these days to know um, an understated kind of editorial makeup look versus an Instagram cut crease type of look because they're almost on opposite sides of the spectrum. So I'm glad I grew up in a time where we actually didn't have YouTube. I totally agree with you. I think it's really interesting because I feel like with, as you said, the Instagram or the makeup that you see on social media is very, it's often very heavy. Yes. And I suppose if you're learning to do that, you're learning how to do that look on faces rather than when you're studying your makeup, which is bringing the best out of different yes. faces. And it's also um, more modern that it's understated. So we actually did a fashion show called the Fashion Laureate in Sydney. And it was a celebration of Australia's best designers. And they kind of got like a few of their most iconic pieces and then did a fashion show all together. And the brief for that was actually no makeup, just skincare. So we had to massage the skin, use serums and different creams and milks and things like that to make the skin tone look even. But it's a big sign of the times that many shows that we do are either no foundation or just a touch of concealer um, and also even shoots as well. So photographers really like the raw skin um, and it looks a bit more fashion than a thicker kind of look that's very Instagram and almost like a girl going to a nightclub on a Saturday night. So um, yes, you will have the occasional client that actually wants that, but it's very rare. So it's, it's almost like learning the wrong thing, the wrong way. Now the second product on your list is also from your childhood. It's a perfume with a special memory. Oh, sunflower. Can you tell me a bit about the story behind that? So I have an older sister and as sisters do, we used to fight all the time and she used to borrow my clothes and I used to steal her clothes. And she had this bottle of total 90s vibes called sunflower. And I remember the bottle was white and it had like a cutout sunflower. It reminds me of the Mariah Carey, always be my baby kind of music video. Um, and whenever she left her room unlocked, I would sneak in there and spray it. And if she really annoyed me, I'd go in and try and spray the entire bottle on myself. So I'd walk out and she would know that I'd snuck into her room. 
I, I actually think you could find a few chemists that would still sell it, but it's, the, I don't even like the smell. It was just because it was perfume and I wanted to be a brat to my sister. So that's a mega memory that I'll always have. So going from working in a Napoleon Purdy store to where you are now in such, like you do so many different things. Can you tell us what yeah. happened in between? So when I was in store, I would try and do as many different types of makeups as I could. So I would invite like drag queens in, um, mature clients, and I would just try and challenge myself. I used to get models and standing in the window of our store and I'd do like a Christmas look on them. So crazy stuff, but it got noticed and, um, our creative kind of director from Sydney came down and saw the staff's makeup. And she said like, who did their makeup? And I said, it was me. She was really impressed. And I kind of had a good reputation in Melbourne because everyone knew who I was because I would go to parties and anything to meet people. So I got chosen to be um, the global makeup artist. And ever since then, I've just been working very hard to improve my face charting skills, my makeup skills presentation youtube there's so many kind of facets to the role so yeah just putting yourself out there and letting people know that you exist and i guess it's like any other artist you could be the best painter in the world but if people don't know how beautiful your paintings are it's just going to be in in your attic at home you know what i mean so really networking and being confident and proud of yourself um, is always the best way forward with makeup and what's it like working with the man himself, Napoleon Pettis? Napoleon is hilarious. So he's also one of the, maybe the smartest person I've ever met. So I'll see him in meetings with like Alex Perry or Dion Lee and someone will mention any subject. So let's say they've said, I'm going to Belgium for Christmas. He will tell you the 10 best places in Belgium to go for or to go to at Christmas. So any subject, he's the master of it he the first question he'll ask you is what's your star sign and then he'll tell you your traits so he's really funny but he's totally smart and he's amazing at makeup so i've never seen him get a single speckle of fallout on somebody's eyes so he's very inspiring and of course his fashion is next level like metallics the latest Yeezys, just cool to the max. I would wear any of his outfits. He's got this electric blue leather jacket and pant. And oh my God, I'm like, when you don't want that, please give that to Pass me. It on. Yes. Speaking of fashion, obviously people listening can't see, but I can tell you that you look incredible. You're wearing <laughs> this glitzy, sparkly high neck top. Your makeup is obviously Thank flawless. You. Um, but... To make me feel a bit better, obviously growing up in your teens, you look slightly different. I had a penchant for hair mascara. Oh my God. I looked so bad in, when I was a teenager. Thank God camera phones didn't exist then. So I tried to dye my hair white. It went yellow. White, I, white. Yep. So went to the chemist, saw a box of a Norwegian naturally white-headed girl. And I was like, I can definitely be a hair. So I dyed, dyed my hair, it went yellow, think chicken twisties colour. Then my hair snapped off. Then I had braces at the same time. And then I had my black haired regrowth coming through that. <laughs> so um, that wasn't a hot look. And like you said, I was also into coloured hair mascara at the same time. 
And I remember the smell of it was like rotting chemicals. And I would wipe it in the front of my hair and then the rest of my hair was yellow. So it was blue, then yellow mixed with braces. So every single photo of that era has been destroyed. I was going to say, do you still have those on display? (laughs) Never. (laughs) Thank God for being an oldie. (laughs) What do you think has been the biggest change you've seen working as a makeup artist in the industry over the last few years? There's the makeup enthusiast and there's the makeup artist. So the enthusiast is someone that's really into makeup. They love it. They might know a little bit about it, but... If you put my mum in front of their chair to do my mum's makeup, they wouldn't know where to start. The makeup artist is more of a trained trained makeup artist that knows how to do dark circles, how to cover pimples, how to make thin brows look thicker. So basically enhancing your natural look. I've also noticed as well what's cool is being popular on Instagram. So... Every single time I go on Instagram, my whole feed is makeup videos. So I think there's like lots of clickbait as well. So people use a lot of makeup or crazy things in their makeup videos. So people click on it and like it. So being popular is more important than being talented when it comes to social media, which is... um, it's an interesting world that we live in and it's just the way it is. But yeah, it's very, very different to doing, say, a fashion journal cover versus an Instagram, YouTube type of video. So yeah, they're kind of chalk and cheese, but being popular is a lot of makeup artists dream. So have like a million followers, go to parties and get packages for free. Rather than the reality, like what's the reality of being a working makeup artist? The reality of being a working makeup artist is sometimes your call time is three in the morning. You often don't break for lunch. You are covered in the end of the day with stains all over your top. (laughs) You will always get photos with a model and look like Shrek next to them. (laughs) Um, And you constantly have to work hard. So there's a lot of hustle with being a makeup artist. It's not easy at all. And lots of cool things don't actually pay. So I remember I heard a very long time ago that if you do the cover of Vogue as a makeup artist, your pay is $120. And that covers... Surely not. Yeah, that covers your kit fee. Because if you say no, a million other girls will do it for free. And it's the same with doing a celebrity's makeup it's free. You'll never get paid for it. So the things that people strive to achieve as a makeup artist will actually not pay you. But when you do a wedding or a real person's special occasion, that's who will pay you. That's so interesting. Yeah. The things they don't tell you. I know the fashion world. (laughs) (laughs) Now the fourth product on your list is kind of the last one from the early chapters of your life. See growing up by the beach latan coconut 50 plus <laughs> and i saw the 50 plus and i was like i feel you because we're both quite yes. pale skinned shall we say yes porcelain beauties <laughs> yeah so with my skin and i'm sure with your skin as well the the uh, circle of life is getting burnt getting freckles and getting a wrinkle <laughs> and there's no tanning to be had 
So whenever I'm in the sun and my friends are tanning, I I say to them, it feels like I'm in an oven and my whole body is burning. Like this isn't relaxing or nice for me. So having a 50 plus sunscreen, especially in Australia, is really, really important to me because if I want to look tan, I'll apply a fake tan. But having red skin isn't worth the wrinkles and the potential uh, skin cancer. And my twin sister, when we were 12, actually had two skin cancers cut out of her. And we've grown up the exact same, but she surfs a lot. So um, the risk of kind of getting skin cancers is something that's very real to me. So 50 plus is really important. And the Latan, the Latan sunscreen just smells really summery and delicious and awesome it's kind of like yes i'm doing well for myself and looking after my health but i want to be a little bit cool as well applying the sunscreen obviously you come have irish irish blood irish background yeah is that something i feel like it's every woman goes through as a child your mum tries to drill it into you that you need to wear sunscreen it's not until you get a bit older that you're like oh yeah she was telling the truth well my mum was a bit strict with this so my mum's got um my mum had jet black hair blue eyes and white skin. So she kind of had similar, a similar look to me. And she forced us to wear t-shirts when we went swimming and sunscreen and the hats with the gross flap at the back. Oh, me too. Always in a rashy. So embarrassing. And I, I just remember looking at all the other kids going, why don't they have to do this? It's like, I'm so embarrassed. But now my friends that are my age look heaps older than me. So it also helps when you get a discount on skincare to work. (laughs) (laughs) Combination of factors. Yeah. Now you mentioned working with celebrities before and now you've obviously worked with a whole heap. Um, I'm going to name drop that I got from your Instagram. Margot Robbie, (laughs) Jess Malboy, Usher, Chris Brown. Who has been your favorite to work with? I imagine you have a lot of stories from those. I have so many stories, but sometimes you have to sign contracts to say that. Which are the stories that you can share? Yes. Yes. Well... Usher was my favorite because he's totally hot. And um, I remember it was a boiling hot summer day when I first met him. And he said, are you coming to my concert tonight? And I said, no. And he goes, why not? And I go, I love you. All my friends are going. I just couldn't afford a ticket. And then he gave me this plaque from his pocket and said, take this. This will get you everywhere. Go home, dump your kit and come back with your friends. So I came and I was like shaking and freaking out. So I came back to the concert and I was at the ticket kind of clicky thing at Rod Laver <laughs> and he's like, ticket? And I show him this like silvered metal thing. He's like, what's this? And I go, oh, Usher gave it to <laughs> He's like, yeah, right. So I had to call his manager and put him on the phone to the security guy and convince him that it was actually true. So I got to the concert and I was like walking on the stage and acting like I was Beyonce. But um, yeah, that was a really exciting moment. And I remember I finished his makeup and he was so charismatic and funny. And I think he was flirting with me, just saying. <laughs> um, I had brushes with nothing on them and I was just putting them on his face to pretend that I was still doing something because I didn't want the moment to end and I wanted him to fall in love with me. <laughs> so that was probably my favorite. When you're doing um, male celebrities for red carpets or events, is how much is grooming and how much is actually makeup? Are they often wearing? Well, yeah, with um, I do a lot of like African American people because often there's 
different pigmentation so the skin texture is quite smooth but um, there might be like a bit more of a yellowy color on the top and a bit darker on the side so it's more about evening the skin tone than doing like a contour or anything like that and with a man often you've got to make it look like there's no makeup so Usher and Chris Brown for instance dance a lot so it's basically keeping their skin tone even stopping them from sweating and making them look like sexy men that women want to kiss <laughs> so it's less is more but it, there's a lot of thought behind it to kind of counteract different skin tones and without naming names if you can't I think there's this thing particularly when you meet your idols it can be amazing when they like turn out like Usher and they turn out to be amazing but it can sometimes be disappointing if they're not who you expect or yeah you know, you can probably maybe get caught up with the fact that you're a celebrity and everyone else is beneath you. Have you had those experiences? Yes, I did. At New York Fashion Week, we did a show for Laquan Smith. He designs Rihanna's clothes. So very cool, very quirky. And we finished the models and somebody says, who's available? There's a bunch of celebrities that they need their makeup done. And I basically threw my brush down and ran for my <laughs> life to get to that room. And in the room was Andre Leon Telly, Diane von Furstenberg, Serena Williams, Cassie, and a few other R&B singers. So Andre Leon Telly, editor at large of Vogue, like massive, big deal. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get kicked out because I'm not cool enough. But the girl who I did makeup on, who I haven't mentioned just then, when I was speaking to her about what look she wanted, she actually wouldn't speak to me. And she would whisper to her personal assistant and then the personal assistant would answer the question. Oh my gosh. I know. So it was very time consuming and embarrassing. And now I hate this person's songs because <laughs> I'm like, you made this amazing moment really gross for me. Yeah. And that's not just like diva-like, it's just inefficient. Yeah. And she was right in front of my face. So I was like, tell me about your skin, da 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 da. And she just like, pointed whispered and then said nothing to me so I'm like you know I'm trying to make you look pretty like be my friend <laughs> is there anyone you would really love to get your hands on Linda Evangelista for sure I've just always wanted to be her slash do her makeup and probably like um, Beyonce of course yeah so I'm kind of more like the vintage girls yeah. The next product on yeah. your list. The product that you would trust with your life. Napoleon Purdis Stroke of Genius Foundation. Yes. Why is this one of your favourites? Like the name suggests, it is a stroke of genius. So this is a foundation that is the number one selling foundation because it's amazing for combination skin. So most people have combination skin and often it's a little bit shiny in the T-zone, so the centre of the face. So the foundation is perfect because it's not creamy or matte. It's kind of in the middle. So whatever your skin's doing throughout the day, it's going to stop that. So you can put your makeup on at five in the morning and at midnight, your face looks exactly the same. You can wear it really sheer. You can wear it full coverage. It's got an inbuilt brush. So you can, I literally do my foundation on the train. So it's really easy. It looks absolutely perfect in photos and it's foolproof. It just like your skin looks cr like so smooth. It's unbelievable. And it's what all the staff wear. I always think foundation is interesting because I feel like there's this idea 
that your makeup actually starts once you've got the blank canvas of foundation on. Are you in the school of you actually don't need to apply foundation all over? It's about yes. putting it where you need it. Yes, definitely less is more. So I always start putting foundation in the center of the face because that's often where you might have a bit of redness in the cheeks or open pores or pimples and things like that. So if you apply in the center of the face, by the time you get to your hairline and your jawline, there'll actually be a very small amount of product left on your brush. So you won't have a thick kind of edge. And on the forehead, I also apply a very, very small amount, if any at all. Because the more you put on your forehead, the more it actually sits in fine lines and it makes you look older. And Napoleon always jokes that there's nothing fine about lines. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> he has the best like one line. Yeah, zingers. Yep. Now you mentioned fashion weeks before. What was your first fashion week that you worked at? It was Alex Perry at Rosemount Fashion Week in Sydney. And the look was like impossible to do. It was like nothing fresh and soft. It was kind of like six wings on each eye, jet black. And when you do a fashion show, there's no room for error. So one makeup artist is doing a model and five people are filming you. So the pressure is on. But I knew it was going to be um, a bit of a big deal and a big kind of moment in my career. So I practiced doing really hard looks with black eyeshadow and red eyeshadow because they're the two hardest colors to blend. So if you can do looks with those two colors, you can do anything. So I felt a bit comf bit more comfortable, but still was like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. If someone hasn't been backstage of a fashion show, I feel like I've been fortunate enough to witness a few. The one word that probably describes it is just, chaos like it's not yes. particularly glamorous is it it's sweaty it's hot um there's models that have shoes that do not fit them at all there's models that get changed and they're covered in scars or scratches and bruises that now we in about two seconds have to make perfect and not get the makeup on the clothes there's often a battle between the hair and the makeup team but um, we do a lot of things with Kevin Murphy and Tony Guy, and Tony Guy, so we kind of know each other by now. But um, it's the hair team always wants the model for a long time, and the makeup team always wants the model for a long time. And then sometimes we'll do forty models, and then the designer changes their mind. So then we have to change forty looks in about ten minutes. And that's genuinely happened before. Yes, it has happened a lot of times. Like, and then sometimes the designer will give you direction that doesn't make any sense. So we had a designer who shall remain nameless, who said that she wanted the look now to be really matte and metallic, which is the opposite. So it's like saying, I want something wet and dry. <laughs> and then she just left. And you've got to make that happen. Yeah. So, um, I think sometimes people like sounding interesting or a bit like arty but makeup is definitely art but there's kind of color theory and science behind the things that work and don't work it has a good story like every kind of icky situation is always a funny story a year later <laughs> oh my god i have so many stories 
I'm just trying to think of the ones I'm allowed yeah. to say. <laughs> Don't get yourself in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so we did an Alex Perry show in Sydney and the look again with all of Alex Alex's shows are very, very full on. So this was a look with blacked black winged eyeliners, maybe like four wings, an electric like purple wing a yellow wing and um really pale matte skin so i was assisting napoleon doing the makeup for this show so he would do half the face i'll do the other and at an alex perry show sometimes the shows can be costing a quarter of a million dollars so big money really important heaps of press and he just finished a model who had white long ponytail hair white skin the makeup was perfect and he goes chef i just need to powder her and then he said to all the staff come and have a look this is the finished look just make sure it looks like this and um then all the cameras came over to film this moment as well because it was like really cool and the girl was so hot and when i passed him the brush which was a humongous powder brush i had black gel eyeliner on my hand because I had done wings and the brush hit my eyeliner and I didn't realize so I passed in the brush and then he patted it all over the model's head really quickly just to get rid of shine and basically it was like a paintbrush with black all over it oh gosh and the world stopped spitting (laughs) and it was like You know that show, The Simple Life, when Paris Hilton walks into a farm and there's like a record going, (laughs) (laughs) and I looked at Kate, my colleague, and you know, when you look at your friend and you're like, oh my God, 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 but we were getting filmed. So I had to think for a second, deal with this emotion later, fix the problem now. So then I casually picked up a makeup wipe and some concealer and I said, here you go, Napoleon. And then he quickly fixed it and every, all the other friends that were staff like looked at me and just shook their head and they're like, oh my God, this is going to be bad. <laughs> so they went back to doing makeup and then I grabbed Napoleon's hand and I was shaking like a leaf and I said, oh my God, Napoleon, I'm so sorry. Oh, it was a total accident. Oh my God, I'm so, oh no, that looked like you had done it, but I had done it. I just didn't clean my hand quick enough. And he goes, Chevy, don't worry. It was an accident. You didn't mean it. It's totally fine. But afterwards I was like, and now every staff member retells that story as a tip on why you need to clean your hands. So people in Queensland know about this, South Australia, Sydney. So I'm basically the joke of the town (laughs) when it comes to make sure you clean your hand infamous story yeah i'm like guys you can stop telling that story now like because people meet me and they're like oh you're the girl that had the china doll eyeliner on your hand and i'm like yes (laughs) that's me (laughs) so yeah that was not a good moment but i i'm I'm almost like shaking now thinking about it because it freaked me out so badly at the time and are you like meticulous now about like totally. you would never make that mistake again? Totally. It scarred me for life. 
And I, I teach all my students. I'm like, you need to clean your hands now. So you're like, oh, wow, you've got like some personal moment with this. Like, calm your farm. And you've also worked at international fashion weeks as well. What's been like the biggest kind of pinch me moment that you've thought, how did I get here? Definitely. Hard work, obviously. Yeah. But how yeah. did I get here? Definitely going to the Versace after party at Paris Fashion Week Haute Couture. I mean, wow. I know. No, I'm still wow. I'm still like, what the hell? So Donatella Versace was next to me and Naomi Campbell. And I was literally shaking the whole entire time. And every person in the room was cool. And every time someone would come over and ask me if I wanted a drink or um, something from their like black caviar platter, I actually thought they were coming over to kick me out. <laughs> and I hate the outfit that I wore to that as well. And so I went to the show and then there was like an hour gap and I was so hungry and it was one of the first times I went to Paris. So I went to McDonald's and got a Royale with cheese because it was in Pulp Fiction. And then I went to the Versace party. So I'm like wiping the McDonald's grease off my hand and then hello, Donatella Versace. <laughs> <laughs> and there was security everywhere, things in like glass cabinets, like diamonds and oh, it was crazy. At the end, I was like, I don't want to leave and go back to my normal life. <laughs> That was crazy. You've said how important networking is in your job. Are you the kind of person that say you're thrown into that situation, you can just hold your own and chat or yes. are you in the, by the food or in the corner like I would be? I'm definitely all about the free food. So I'm just always hungry. I don't know why. Maybe I need to see a doctor about that. So I'm always about the food and about how I can kind of meet new people that could help my career or also just meet an interesting person with a different take on life. So I love meeting people from different countries or different kind of creative people and understand their perspective on life or design or color and that type of thing. So I'm constantly networking, constantly reaching out to people, constantly walking up to a stranger at an event and introducing myself Um, because there's a lot of competition with makeup artists. So it's it's really getting in with the right people and staying at the top of your game to get you booked for the next big job. And you've obviously achieved so much already. Do you have a goal that you're working towards at the moment? Like what's something that you haven't done yet that you would really like to do? Well, I've done, like I did have a list of things that I wanted to achieve and I've achieved them all. So now I have to think of new ones. And I remember I met um, Napoleon's wife, Sula Marie, heard us at an event when I was young and I said to her one day you're going to name a product after me and she was like oh yeah right but very polite and I didn't even work for the brand and hadn't done a course or anything and then a few years a few years ago they did name a nail polish after me really what color is it it's gold and glittery that's so you so me and my mom like bought nearly all of them So I've got like heaps at my house just to be like bucket list kind of moment, like dream kind of moment. Now the next product on your list, your greatest discovery, Napoleon Pertis Complex Skin Renewal Serum. Yes. What's so special about this? Okay. you, Everyone listening needs to write this down and get it because it will change your life. So basically it's a serum. It's made with native Australian berries in it. 
and it's basically a super antioxidant fountain of youth serum that goes on after you wash your face so you wash your face you dry it you pop it on it absorbs quite deep into your cellular level and it tricks your skin into making new skin cells so if you've got dry skin open pores scarring dry um, kind of flaky bits anything that's not perfect texture wise this will make perfect it smells like a berry kind of fruit salad to die for and you can even use it around your eyes so i use it twice a day religiously and a lot of our staff um, wear it twice a day it's the number one staff favorite product even the guys in warehouse wear it um, because it really makes you look younger and it stops the aging process so a lot of us have worked for the brand for over 10 years and none of us look like our age and i swear it's because of the serum the scientist needs to come and and look at you guys yeah yeah <laughs> don't look too close <laughs> Now, you mentioned before how important that skincare is really the first step of makeup. And I always think it's interesting that Napoleon Pertis, I'm not sure for how long, but it is a makeup brand that also does, has a really strong skincare range. Is that something that you think is really important? I think it's almost more important than makeup is because when your skin is looking good, you can have days where you don't wear foundation and you're feeling confident and happy. So we are known for our makeup, but our number two seller is the serum. So it's kind of like once you've had nice skincare, you never want to go back. And with our products, there's a lot of really interesting ingredients in them. So we've got like different lotus flower from Japan and there's kind of like ancient beauty secrets that's in our skincare so napoleon's traveled all around the world and he's kind of visited different different kind of areas and said what do your grandparents use like what's your your family kind of go-to natural product so they're in a lot of our items and they really are beneficial to all skin types but it's very very important and I think a lot of people don't realize it until they start getting a few more wrinkles a few more sunspots but you can never start too early so milks and oils are probably like the number one go-to to prevent aging um, and to plump up the skin and plus they feel amazing and they're great for sensitive skin as well and I don't know how much of your role currently has you in store direct facing with customers but over your time and through everything you know what people are asking for yep what are women's main concerns or questions where they come to the staff yep. and say do this to me or what are they asking for well the two main things that they're always asking for whether they're 50 or 15 is people want to look either hot or young <laughs> so um people used to really be into contouring and now they've changed to highlighting. And I think um, that's a good thing because people used to put a bit too much contour on and it looked really fake and a bit dirty and ruddy. And Napoleon calls it like, I don't want to see any chocolate bars, <laughs> like a Snickers on the side of your face. So I think people are a bit over that stronger cheek look. And they probably, if you're not a makeup artist, it can be quite tricky to apply. Whereas a highlighter is very easy and it looks sparkly and it's pretty. The number one requested look, however, is kind of a Brownlow type of look. So a wag, Jennifer Hawkins type of vibe, which is the gold, bronzy, smoky eye and a pouty pink lip. 
So it's glam, but not dark and not a crazy color. We also have a lot of people that love a red lipstick. So I always say, if you want to pay a rise, you're doing a presentation at work, you want to look like a boss, you wear a red. If you're single and you want people to look at you and get attention, you wear a red. If you're going for a job interview, you wear a red. So yeah, it's usually a red that we're doing on our clients or a J-Lo kind of glow. And what's your favorite makeup look to do? Um, Do you like experimenting with the creative stuff or is it the satisfaction of a very wearable? Well, I love doing, we do a lot with the Starlight Children's Foundation. So my most rewarding is working with um, the girls and women from that foundation and you know, someone that's never had their makeup done and their dream is to have a girly kind of day with their friends. We just had one um, recently as well. It's much more rewarding doing a normal person's makeup that just needs a moment of kind of pampering or um, peace of mind compared to doing a hot model that looks hot all the time. So my favorite look is to actually, it's more than a look, it's actually a feeling like that sounds pretty lame, but yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. So I'd rather do someone who appreciates it and it's changed their world or, you know, they've just had a divorce and they feel really low on themselves. And then, you know, the right foundation and the right mascara has made them feel happy again. That's definitely um, the best part about being a makeup artist. And I mean, we talk about the power of makeup and I think that's something I've always been passionate about kind of the purpose of this podcast as well is to talk about the makeup is not just products you play with or put on your face it has such a big impact on your memories and your self-esteem and your confidence yeah. it's, it's a powerful thing yeah and it's something that can really change the entire mood of somebody so I know recently we had downstairs in our store a doctor that was going to a ball like his work ball and he was like quite well off and quite successful and he said tonight is the first time I'm going to show my colleagues that I like dressing as a woman so there's moments like that that occur that are life-changing even for us you know we've got young girls that are not happy with their pimply skin and they just put on like thick foundation we show them how to get a beautiful result with just a thin kind of tinted moisturizer and a bit of concealer so you can really shake up people's confidence and makeup is powerful because a lot of people use it every day. So if there's a feeling or an emotion attached to it, you can feel that every day. And it also allows people to express their mood as well. So if they want to feel a bit sexy, like if they're hitting a nightclub with their girlfriends, they'll go for a smoky eye. If they want to have a bit of fun at like the spring racing carnival, they might do like a blue mascara and a blue eyeliner. So it's a lot of fun and it's um, it's quite empowering as well. The next product on your list, and I this is my probably my favorite question to ask people in the beauty industry, is the beauty product that they always repurchase, yes. particularly when you work surrounded by makeup. You've kind of got your your pick, and you've gone for Kevin Murphy Do Over Dry Shampoo. Yes. So Kevin Murphy is a big shot in the hair industry and especially in Australia. The the dry shampoo is probably the best. Oh no, it is the best I've ever used. My I ride my bike to the station, so I have a helmet on, so I have gross helmet hair. So I use this a lot. 
and it's really lightweight. The can is massive, so you'll have it for ages and it does the job and it doesn't leave your hair looking ashy or kind of dusty and it smells amazing like aromatherapy. So it's really beautiful and it's just so easy to use. You can't stuff it up. I'm also intrigued. We were talking about, you know, obviously being really done up and enjoying your makeup, but also about feeling, having the confidence if you're looking after your skin to feel fresh faced. When do you feel your most beautiful hmm. or confident in your own skin? Are you, is that when you're wearing full face makeup or you're at home in your trackies? Yeah. Faced? Well, I love having no makeup on as much as I do like having makeup on. I think I actually enjoy it more just having really nice skincare um, because I've worn so many different looks on my face. I've kind of, I'm an old dog and I need to see some new tricks. So um, I, if I'm kind of like, if I've got the time, I like doing a brown bronzy kind of smoky eye because it makes my blue eye stand out. But um, I wear a red lip a lot and I, I just love the feeling of that. But I do, I do love the most just having really nice skincare and no makeup on. What's your best advice for putting on a red lip and not ending up at the end of the day with it all over your face? Cool. So that is a question that I get a lot, especially from students even today. So um, best thing to do is choose a blue-based red. So think Marilyn Monroe or a fire engine. Um, you want to get a pencil and you want to line your entire lip with the pencil. Um, that's what I've got right now. Then you want to choose a matching lipstick, apply it all over the lip, and then you want to line the lips last. So when you, your eyes just lit up, light <laughs> bulb. When you apply lip liner last, what you'll do is create a sharp finish, so a nice crisp edge, but the difference in texture versus a slippery lipstick is that the waxy pencil will act like a cage so instead of your lipstick going everywhere the lip liner actually just holds it onto the lip so it doesn't slip and slide everywhere um if you do get lipstick on your teeth which heaps of my friends always do um just lick the front of your teeth to make um it a bit more slippery so it doesn't stick to dry teeth but um, yeah, lining lips last is where it's at. That is such a fantastic tip. Your final product, the most expensive product you've ever bought, and also your signature perfume, Victor and Rolf Flower Bomb, which is a classic. Yeah. Why do you? Well, yeah. Why? Why? Why do you love it so much? Well, my flatmate used to have it, and she was rich, and like her parents gave her money for everything, and I'm like sitting next to her eating steamed rice with soy sauce. So. To me, she was like the epitome of glamour and she always smelled amazing. So then I decided from that point on, every time it was my birthday, someone was someone had to give me that because it's pretty pricey. It's like 150 something dollars for a big bottle. Um, I actually discovered a knockoff version at, I think it was like Chemist Warehouse and it's called like flower petal or something like <laughs> if you like flower bomb you'll love this it was ten dollars it lasts about three seconds but it's not my birthday till may so i'm using that ten dollar version over. yes <laughs> but i just love the smell i think it smells so elegant and classy and 
It's a bit sweet and a bit floral and the bottle is really beautiful. Loving every little second that that true perfume is on my body. <laughs> Looking back over your incredible career, what is the proudest moment for you? That's very easy. So I, we did, I think it was five fashion weeks in a row. So it was seriously like Melbourne Fashion Week ended on a Sunday, Brisbane Fashion Week started on a Monday. So I was in Brisbane, absolutely exhausted, just like eating McDonald's and my eyes were like twitching and I was so tired. And um, my boss rang me up and she goes, are you sitting down? And I thought I was in trouble for something. I was trying to like backtrack. What have I been caught doing? (laughs) And she goes, "Um, you're going to New York Fashion Week. And I screamed and I cried and because that was that's the pinnacle of a makeup artist doing New York Fashion Week. And I rang my mum and my mum burst into tears. And like my mum's a single mum, so she works hard. So things like this are a big deal to her. And um I just remember the pride in my mum's kind of call that really made me feel like I was just crying, just nonstop crying. And when I got there I was like, Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And seeing all these like celebrities and big models and going to like Central Park and just every second of it, I was like, I'm never sleeping. I'm going to use every second to be alive and experience this. So that was, yeah, my favorite moment ever. And what makeup artists do you look up to? And have you had the chance to meet any of them? Um, I've met heaps of influencers that are makeup artists. I've also met like loads of people from different brands who have a similar job to me but my who I look up to is a colleague of mine Kate Squires she um, is in Sydney and she's very cool very creative like you know those just cool chicks that wear like cool sunnies and big flares and She's just very inspirational, but her makeup artistry is absolutely perfection. She's she's a good friend of mine, and I've known her for over 10 years, but I'm just in awe of her. So I, I love it, even the way she wears her own makeup. Like, she wears, like, a purpley highlighter. And I'm like, you're the only person that can wear that, and it looks hot. So she's kind of, like, born in the wrong era. Like, she kind of should have been around in the late 70s, and 80s going to like studio 54 yep. so but yeah her makeup artistry is incredible and I think she's amazing and what would be or what is because obviously you help teach a lot of new makeup artists yep. what's the one piece of advice that you always give to someone if they come to you saying I want to be a makeup artist I would say ignore Instagram um I would say think about the jobs that you want and look at the makeup that's on the models at those jobs so if you want to do a celebrity, look at their makeup. So take look at a photo on the internet and zoom in and look at the detail of that because all the biggest celebrities have the best makeup artists. So it's kind of like, you know, Margot Robbie versus someone from Jersey Shore. So, <laughs> so really, if you want to be in fashion, buy a fashion magazine. If you want to be an Instagrammer, then stick to Instagram because yeah, like I said before, 
they're very, very different. And a lot of people think that what they see on Instagram is correct. But if I ever did a thick contour at a fashion week, I would be laughed out of the room. So yeah, if you do want to get free packages and get lots of likes, then do what you see on Instagram. But if you do want to be a makeup artist in the fashion realm, get Fashion Journal. Um, You know, listen to your podcast. So lots of think about people who are changing the world and are doing it the right way. Great advice. This is the, well, for some people it's hard. Some people find it easy. We've talked through the eight products that have special significance for you. As I'm sending you off to Beauty Island and you can only pick one product to take with you. And that's not necessarily for practical reasons, just the product that you want to to have with you to remind you or just to have with. What would your one product be from your list? Oh, this is so tough. But, you know, you got to be smart when it comes to being on an island. So I'm going to, I'm thinking Survivor vibes. So I'd go with the sunscreen. Yeah. So I, I always see like people on those reality shows and they're literally on an island and they're getting sunburnt. And I think that's my nightmare. I wouldn't be able to concentrate if I was sunburnt. So I'd say it's the Latan 50 plus coconut spray. Excellent. And if I was to be feeling nice and give you sunscreen anyway, so you've got that covered, would it still be the Latan or would it be something else? Um, if I had sunscreen, it would be the serum because I'd be like, hopefully I'm going to get off this island one day. And if I do, I want to look amazing. <laughs> so you'll be on this island for 10 years, come back and you will have not aged today. Yeah. Well, we, we actually did a really cool experiment when we first got it. We um, got an apple and we cut it in half and we put serum on one side and no serum on the other side. And we left it for a week and then we came back. And the side that had, didn't have serum was like brown, crunchy and gross and just old looking. And the side that did have serum looked perfect, exactly like we just cut it the, the day of. Oh my so I know it, I felt like it was one of those like Colgate McLean kind of <laughs> old ads like check this out people <laughs> but um yeah definitely the serum excellent well thank you so much it has been a delight to speak to you and learn more about your incredible career and thank you passion for makeup so thank you so much thank you you have been amazing and your accent makes me feel like (laughs) i speak like a bogan not at all (laughs) thank you was my absolute pleasure thank you thank you so much for listening to this episode of beauty island i hope you enjoyed it if you did i've got a small favor to ask if you've got 30 seconds wherever you're listening to this podcast please write a review and leave a five-star rating We're a very small podcast and that really helps other beauty lovers find us. Even better, if you've got a friend who loves beauty, is looking for a new podcast, or even they're an aspiring makeup artist who you think would really enjoy this episode and the podcast, please tell them to listen and subscribe. As always, I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback on the podcast, so you can find me on Instagram at Beauty Island Podcast or email me. I'll pop the address in the show notes along with all the products we've talked about today. Thank you, and until next time, bye bye.